Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. It is indeed. And welcome one and all to another week of the Discerning Gamer Podcast. It is wonderful to be with you once again. And uh, we're, we're here to satisfy even the... The deepest hunger for gaming culture, news, references, and everything in between. I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and I cannot do this alone. I have with me the DG crew, and in no particular order, we have the Nintendo Queen. She will happily condemn Trevor Phillips to death at any time because he, quote, makes her feel uncomfortable. It's Casey <laughs> C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Casey. <laughs> Thanks, Joel, and yeah, that's that's still applicable. I hope none of us make you feel uncomfortable tonight because uh, I'd hate to be on the receiving end of that. I'm going to hide my knives. I'm going to hide my knives. We've also got the gaming chef. He is starving and will give you the doggy mask in exchange for something to eat, namely the tasty meat from the Toke Cook. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Thank you, Joel. I'll do anything for a tasty piece of meat um, from the Toke Cook. Thank, yeah, I'll anything. You know, uh, just well, you name it. You name your price. As long as you can give me doggy in return, that's all I ask. <laughs> and uh, also with us, we've got the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam. He loves a pre-order almost as much as he loves running radiant missions for Preston Garvey. It's Fergus Fergamon <laughs> Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Uh, g'day, JB. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic. Raring to go this week. We've got uh, we've got quite a bit of news. We've got quite a bit uh, going on in the world of gaming. Um, I think we might kick it off this week with Ferg. Uh, I mean, uh, you've got some pretty big news coming out from uh, from the folks there at Bethesda. Yes, I do, JB. Some big news and unfortunately some sad news. And that big sad news during the week is that uh, it's come out from Microsoft and Bethesda. And that's unfortunately both Starfield and Redfall have been delayed. Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> Terrible. Tell, tell us more. Why? Why is this happening? Well, I'll... I'll read the official release from Bethesda. So this is what they put up on their Twitter the other day. They said, We've made the decision to delay the launches of Redfall and Starfield to the first half of 2023. The teams at Arcane Austin, in brackets Redfall, and Bethesda Game Studios Starfield have incredible ambitions for their games, and we want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them. We want to thank everyone for their excitement for Redfall and Starfield. That energy is a huge part of what inspires all of us every day and drives our own excitement for what we are creating. We can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both Redfall and Starfield soon. Thanks for your support. Um, and that was echoed by Phil Spencer from Microsoft, who also added on that these decisions are hard on teams making the games and our fans. While I fully support giving teams 
time to release these games when they are ready. We hear the feedback. Delivering quality and consistency is expected. We will continue to work better to meet those expectations. So, yep, some big news um, and some sad news, unfortunately, because I think maybe it was episode one or episode two, we're talking about our most anticipated game to the year and Starfield was mine. So, unfortunately, we'll have to wait a bit longer, but... I don't know. Is it is it surprising that it's been delayed? Um, these games, probably not. To be honest, I don't think it's really that shocking of news. Um, you know, multiple years of the pandemic and disruptions and things that developers have had to deal with. Um, obviously, as they've said in their press release, they're working on something which they're describing as quite ambitious. So it would make sense that they don't want to rush it if it's undercooked and. Like of uh, a lot of AAA games that we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, you know, such as Cyberpunk and Battlefield 2042, I think I think they're probably looking at other developers and some of the mistakes they've made with uh, backlash and stuff around um, releasing games that are undercooked. So they're going to take a bit more time to, um, you know, keep working on this one. And yeah, I think I think it's interesting to note that just in particular, they say to the first half of 2023. So that could be January the 1st or that could be June the 30th. So there's <laughs> a, a big window there. So, yeah, I think by them saying the first half, they're probably going to use all six months. So I think we're still looking at another maybe eight, nine months away before this game to release. So that's disappointing. Um, yeah, I don't know. What does this mean for their um, the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase that's happening next month? I think I talked about that a couple of weeks ago as well. Originally, I thought, oh... You know, it's probably not a lot. They've probably got some gameplay, some juicy things to show us. But the more I sort of thought about it, I'm wondering if they'll maybe hold on to a lot of their uh, marketing PR. So it'll be interesting to see what we show out of what we get showed of both of those games um, next month at this showcase. Hopefully, we still get to see some some juicy gameplay and stuff like that that I was hoping for. But yeah, overall, very disappointing. But yeah, uh, I suppose yeah, disappointing but not surprising. That's right. And obviously out of the DG crew, it's probably me that's most affected by this one because I'm the only one at the moment who's got the means to play the game if it was to come out. But I wanted to ask you guys, what do you, what are our thoughts? Because I think the most disappointing thing is, A, it's not coming out, but B, is that they had a date that we've been sitting on for such a long time. And I'm wondering, what do we think about this developers and publishers releasing a game date and then not meeting it? Mm. Do we think that this is a bit of a redundant sort of marketing scheme do you think there's a better way to do this because i think that makes people more disappointing in general i think if they said oh look you know our target for releasing this game is the end of 2022 and then they don't meet it it's not so bad you sort of have a expectation that it might not happen mm-hmm. but when you start throwing around specific dates um yeah i think it makes it a bit more disappointing what do you guys reckon you're i think you hit the nail Bang on the head, Ferg. I think that the day of the specific release date for any game that's been announced that early on in development or that early on in, you know, where they give you this massive timeline and when they want to bring the game out to put out a specific date, I just think is a very, it feels like it's almost been made redundant by the fact that we're so used to games being delayed now. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for game delays. I think I'd rather wait an extra six months or so, or, you know, even, you know, because they're saying first half of 2023, and like you said, they probably use that whole first half as well. You're looking at more like an extra 12 months, but I'd rather them use that and bring out some bangers. I mean, like, I, I mean, 
in my mind, I'm really kind of keen on the way that um, Xbox is handling all of their uh, their sort of their customer base at the moment and handling the way that they're um, their acquisitions and what they're bringing out. So I'm all for them to do the right thing, make the right moves and bring out games when they're finished because that's another thing that we've talked about, isn't it, is games being brought out when they're not finished and being, you know, kind of underdone and undercooked, as you said. And I think that this is a really positive thing. I think delay games, but maybe, um, like you said, maybe just announce a window or a target. Just say, hey, we aim for it to be done here, but hey, we're trying really hard. It's a huge game that we want to put out. And so if we don't meet that target, don't be disappointed. Um, We're still going to, you know, bring you heaps of juicy succulent goss on it. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, as a little treat for uh, listeners of the Descending Gamer podcast, um, we actually got a little sneak peek of uh, Bethesda and Microsoft's uh, gaming showcase coming up. (laughs) And uh, it's, it's my absolute pleasure to bring you that audio now. (laughs) <laughs> and there you have it that that's direct from uh, phil spencer himself so uh that that news is uh too hot, too hot to handle just on that just on that jb i mean we're laughing about that but if you look now starfield and redfall were the only you know first party games that xbox and microsoft had lined up this year so yeah as far as their own games coming out this year, it is, it's going to be crickets. So it'll be interesting to see what they do actually show at this showcase because I don't think they've got anything. Surely, surely they'll still show those games. Though. Surely they have some form of update to actually show people. And I mean, you know, get people hyped for the fact that it's going to come out there and then go, oh, you know what? I can see that this is already looking amazing. Yeah. I can see why they want to put that extra time in. You know? yeah. and hope I, so. I, hope so. But at the same yeah. time, do you do you wonder whether whether they they really want to go down the same path as uh, uh, Gotham Knights, where they they show you the gameplay and it's it's highly obvious that the game's uh, really uh, janky and really um, not up to par. I mean, you know, if they need all this extra time, is is anything that they're going to serve up to us uh, apart from maybe some pre-rendered cutscenes or something really going to Cut the mustard. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I think the other tidbit on that press release that I that I'll bring up now is I think the last line was, "We look forward to what was it forward to showing you gameplay of Redfall and Starfield soon, not sure. at the Xbox showcase or next month. It was soon. So what's soon? And you, yeah, you probably hit the nail on the head there as well, JB. If they don't have anything meaningful outside of something that's a bit janky, then they probably will just mm. keep it holstered and. Make make a sweat on it a bit longer. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this announcement does to what they're showing and what they in fact show. So we'll see. Well, it could it could even be that with um, the Starfield and Redfall uh, games delayed, maybe we'll get uh, some more information about some rumored uh, upcoming games from Bethesda, like like an Elder Scrolls Six or uh, you know maybe even a, a new Fallout mm-hmm. uh, title. I mean, that'd be. That'd be pretty amazing to get to some of that info, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, I reckon. Time, time will tell. So uh, on on that, um, I mean, obviously with um, Xbox Games Pass, everyone's been uh, comparing it to the offering on PlayStation Plus, and um, mm. certainly Xbox Games Pass seemed to be the, uh, the clear winner in terms of value and everything, but 
that may be about to flip on its head. And so I'll throw over to you, Simon, uh, for some announcements oh. regarding PlayStation Plus. Yeah, JB, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Did you see this, this one pop up in the news this week? Did you see this? Thank you, Navi. Um, so, look, uh, Sony came out. They told us a whole bunch of things that are coming out to, to the new PlayStation Plus services amongst the whole board of things. So from the extra the um, premium or whatever it is and the one that's not in Australia because uh, suffering our jocks, really, I guess. Um, but <laughs> um, they, they've released a whole bunch of uh, PS5 and PS4 titles in lists all over the place of what's going to be coming out. And it's a whole bunch of games there from first-party titles to third-party titles as well. Um, look, Looks cool. Looks really great. But the main thing, like I was mentioning um, way earlier on when we first started talking about this was I really wanted PS3 games. And I mean, I see the list of PS3 games too. And there's two ones in there that I really love and that Casey loves, Infamous 1 and 2, that I'd really love to be able to just play them on my my PlayStation instead of having to get out my old PS3, plug that in and stick the disc in. I'd, I'd love to just be able to go ahead and play that, but I can't. And so it's it's... Look, th- this list of games is pretty staggering, though. Let's let's just cut off a couple of big ones that are here. I mean, you could play Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Returnal, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Control. I know that got uh, a lot of great reviews when it came out. I really don't like it, but, you know, who cares? It's not, it's not about my opinion. <laughs> um, but there's a whole bunch of other ones that are there, um, like Days Gone, which is already kind of available anyway um, to our bottom-tier people. Um, God of War, Gravity Rush, Gravity Rush 2. It's just a huge list. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Um, Last of Us Remastered and stuff like that is on there too. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, The Crew 2. This is huge. Like, it's a huge list and awesome list of games. Don't get me wrong. Is it still enough for me to go, oh, I'm going to subscribe to this? I don't think so. You know, it's it's one of those weird things is that I don't have all the time in the world to sift yeah. through all of these games. Is it really going to pertain to me? And am I, am I, I don't know, I, I'm kind of in that old school idea still of wanting to own my games um, and buy the games that I want to buy. I kind of feel that um, these kind of Netflixy services that are coming out. Um, although it's done really well for Xbox because Xbox, God bless them, don't have a, a sort of a, a really huge base of amazing first-party games. I know that that's kind of building up bit by bit, but um, PlayStation does. And for them to kind of get into this sort of rhythm here where they're showing off all these amazing games that have been from their previous libraries all the way up to the current library, I still think that they're not doing it as well as what Xbox are. And it's, I just think that the the method is not for me. I mean, they, they're all also offering free game trials, right? So you can play certain games for two hours. There's, there's a small list of certain mm-hmm. games you can play for two hours. And then that will carry on to, you know, um, a, a, a full save file if you choose to buy the game. I just have to call a little bit of bullshit on this because I mean, there are some pretty big games that are all on PS5 on here. Now, what what are we, you know, we're getting this service on PS5, right? So why are these games that are PS5 games somehow not just made available to the, to the service for the price that you pay? 
right up there up front, like what Xbox would do. Um, I so just think that it's, a, it's... Simon, are you suggesting suggesting that the price is is unreasonable for what you're getting? Yeah, I just think, I mean, when you look at what you get for Xbox Game Pass, you know, those day one releases and everything, I just think that it um, it's not stacking up. I just, I just, to me, I go, yeah, that's really great. Maybe for people that have a lot of time to play through these games and just want to try them all out and whatever, great. But not for me. For, for the fact that I'm, I'm getting left out of a certain part of the service as well, being in a different area, I just think... Um, yeah, it still doesn't tie me over like we were talking about. Is it for us? Maybe not. It just doesn't tie me over. I don't know what you guys think about this and if you've seen the list and, and how you're mm. feeling, but what, what do you reckon, JB? Well, to summarise your point... The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you, JB, because I got the prices in front of me. So <clears throat> this is the, the pricing going forward. So for basically the essentials, which is... your what you get now it's 80 bucks a year if you want to get access to all the games that Simon's just mentioned which is the PS Plus Deluxe for 12 months it's 155 bucks so the question becomes and I'll go to you JB for 75 bucks extra a year are you happy to spend 75 bucks to get access to those lists of games or are you similar to Simon just think well I don't see the value in it or I don't have enough time or what are your thoughts I think uh, if I was coming at this from a point of view where I've I've literally just bought my mm-hmm. PS5 and mm. I haven't got much of a library of games to choose from, yep. I'm thinking that this is extraordinary value. Yep. But when, yeah. like, coming at it from my point of view, I've already got Miles Morales. I've already got Red Dead Redemption 2. I've already got Cyberpunk 2077. I've already got probably, you know, 90% of the, the big you know, titles that they're spruiking on this service. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah. well, why why am I paying, you know, $150 a year to get access to all these titles I've already got? You know, mm. I wish that I yeah. that it had launched 12 months ago and I wouldn't have bought half of those games. I would have just yeah. streamed them, played them, finished them, and then moved on, you know. Yeah. Um, and now a lot of those games that I got sitting on the shelf are worthless. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah. like you said, I'm probably the best example of someone who would take full use of this sort of arrangement. So, say I could somehow get my hands on a PS5, and I've been out of PlayStation for a while. Somehow get to Shanghai and I don't know, common, <laughs> commandeer a cargo ship and somehow get a PS5. You're right. I've got zero games, and I look at that list, and I can say for 155 bucks, I can play oh, all yeah. the Uncharted games. The Spider-Man games I haven't played before. Um, God of War was on there, I saw. And then from that point, yeah, there's great value to be had. But if you own half the games to start off with, then 75 bucks is a lot of money every single year. And that's based on buying a year's worth. If you're trying to chop and change or jump from different packages as well, it starts getting a bit pricey because, yeah, they obviously want you to commit to a year's worth because that's the most cost-effective way of doing it. But, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. And then you look at like your your first uh, first party AAA titles like Horizon Forbidden West, you know, uh, great game, mm. awesome game, uh, not launching on the service. It's it's available um, as a, a three hour trial, you know, game to to play on the service. So play it for three hours. I mean, it's a massive open world game. You're really barely going to scratch the surface in three hours. You'd, you'd probably still be yeah, 
you know, uh, roaming around the very first uh, sort of area of the map uh, after three hours. But um, I was know, just about to say the exact same thing. You know, if because each of these games individually are pretty expensive, what around seventy nine dollars or so. Yeah, seventy nine to one hundred. You know, so you make your money back, but. I want to play some of the new ones. I don't want to play two, three hours of them. I want to play the entire game and get my money's worth. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's mm-hmm. if, yeah, if they had Horizon Forbidden West and Farming Simulator 22s on that list, <laughs> could you, oh, yeah. how, how much could you, could you get enough play out of two hours of that? Do you reckon? Oh, but yeah, yeah, not I mean, really. like, no. like you said, JB, as well, you already own a lot of those games physically. So do we. I mean, we've been a part of this PS Plus service for a while now and a lot of the free games that come out are on this list so i already have commandeered these games for free yeah just by subscribing to the service anyway mm-hmm. so the the part of the value for the people that have stuck around for a while I, like you were just saying i don't think it's there but for anyone that's just like uh yeah i've just got myself a ps5 sick and then they get it that's wicked they've got lots of stuff to play you know it's <laughs> <laughs> great you know but the, the other the other thing is like, yeah, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I've bought a PS5 because I want games that are brand new, rendered in in you know next gen graphics, yep. ray yep. tracing, sixty frames per second. You know, I, I want I want these things that are that are looking like state of the art. I'm not mm. really interested in a, a retro gaming experience. I'm not looking at going back and playing PS2 titles. You know. A, a smattering of, of PS2 titles. If, if I wanted to do that, um, you know, I would source an emulator and, and play it on a, a PC or something. And uh, you know, I wouldn't bother paying for this big subscription. I mean, I bought uh, Bully, the Rockstar game. Oh, you and, did? oh no, you know, I actually bought it. Yeah, yeah. So it came out. It was on my wish list. It came on sale. So I thought, oh, I'll have a look at it. It was about ten bucks or something. PlayStation Two title. Um, and yeah, I mean, didn't really float my boat. You know, I, I spent maybe two or three hours in it, uh, just roaming around, trying it out. And, you know, it did nothing for me. And I'm thinking, well, if this is my experience with a PS2 title, you know, that I've, that I've bought, I'm probably not really going to enjoy um, many of the other ones that much. I mean, you could go back and play like a God of War or something mm-hmm. like that, but. I mean, that... oh, you got to give Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets a go. But is it on the list? <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking I'll probably keep my basic subscription going. I, I do like downloading the the monthly games for free and yeah. trying out some games I wouldn't have otherwise played and 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 all of that. But I don't know. At this stage, I'm I'm not gonna bother upgrading my service. Yeah, you make a good no. point, Joel. Unless you've got heaps of disposable time, say you've only got, say you've got an hour a day, an hour every couple of days, you rather want to spend that hour playing the newest games that have just come out, such as like your Elden yeah. Ring, rather than going back and playing something you know from the two thousands. <clears throat> yeah, well, I must admit, the thought of playing Elden Ring right now is making me. Uh... No, God! <laughs> Yeah. Why is that? Oh, it's it's just uh, I I just I don't see the appeal. I, I don't see why oh, so many it. so many people are calling this out as a contender for game of the year. 
it's the most frustrating and empty gaming experience <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had this year. It's, uh, I wish I could. I wish I could return the game to the shop and get a full refund. To be honest, it's just done. Try. Done nothing for me. Mm. Oh. Uh, but yeah, there might be a segment in that one, JB. We'll really dive deep in some into some thoughts there and see what your criticism, criticisms are. You, Joel. <laughs> yeah, well, you're welcome to borrow it because I'm not planning on playing it anytime soon. I think I'm going to go go back and finish Cyberpunk and then maybe move on to The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, um, which uh, looks like a, a pretty good game in its own right. And I think it'll be a much more enjoyable uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, just moving on, we'll throw it over to Casey um, for some news from the developer of the Dying Light gaming series, Techland. Yes. Um, have you heard this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, I only heard about this today. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's saying I heard this. <laughs> it's only a very small piece of news. Uh, yeah, so as you said, gaming company Techland, who is pretty much known for Dying Light, they posted a screenshot on Twitter today of um, an in-development open-world RPG game set in a fantasy setting. So, mm. yeah, they took to Twitter with this screenshot saying they were hire- hiring for this unannounced game. It's just a picture of a sort of panoramic of a mountain setting with an old, old falling apart temples, you know, suggesting it's set in the past with a character on the side that looks set in the past. <laughs> well described. Very well described. All the blind people were really, wait, we're on a podcast. All the people it don't have to be old blind. old timey man is set in the past. Um, but um, just looking at an article online, they're saying um, the company Techland, they've really added some, amazing developers to its team recently so you've got i'm not gonna say the names because they're too hard to say but you know uh, directors who've previously worked on the witcher 2 and the witcher 3 and all the dlcs you've got a narrative lead that's worked on the witches as well um an open world director who's previously worked on cyberpunk (laughs) Uh oh. Oh. um Oh, and this I've just seen this one, lead game designer who's previously associated with Arcane Studios Deathloop. So maybe I should retake out all of this information. No! Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, but that's pretty much pretty much it. You know, obviously it's gonna be a while before we even see this game come to life or what it's even called or anything, but it looks really cool. You know, I I I'm I enjoy any open world game, really. So yeah, and sure. yeah that's that's that. Alrighty then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it'll be awesome. it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that one. I'm I'm interested to see what they do and where that one goes. Because obviously yeah. <clears throat> the Dying Light games are, you know, very, very well received. People love them and you know, they're known for that parkour element. Um, which is sort of iconic with those games. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of imagining, and this is sort of my wish or hope, is that it's sort of a uh, a first person's maybe Assassin's Creed sort of game set in a fantasy world is what I'm imagining. So you sort of, yeah, yeah. they bring that parkour into the first person perspective and, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed type things and, yeah. I'm interested to see yeah. where that one goes as well, Casey. I think that one it, something to keep an ear and eye out for. Yeah, the screenshots just really, just really took me. I don't know why. It just very, it's mm. just very picturesque, and it's got good aesthetic, doesn't it? it yeah, really it just really, it, really it cool. looks it just looks really beautiful, and I'm I'm all up for that. So yeah, there yeah, you nice. go. 
Nice one. Well, you heard it here first. Dying Light Developer Techland, new open world game. This news is red hot. Spicy. Uh, well, <laughs> um, according to multiple sources this week and backed up by VGC, it appears that there's anywhere from one to three new Silent Hill games in the works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This follows on from <laughs> this follows on from screenshots leaking from one of the games last week. So the first appears to be a remake of Silent Hill Two, which is one of the most well received Silent Hill games. It's said to be in the works by the medium developer Bluebird Studios, who had previously confirmed they had entered a strategic partnership with Konami. Um, it's said that the remake will be a timed PlayStation exclusive and feature reworked AI, animations, puzzles, and several new endings. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Mm, I've, yeah, I've never actually played the Silent Hill games. I've always been a bit of a nervous Nelly when it comes to those kind of things, which is, um, yeah, well, I'm probably going to play The Quarry next month. But I was no, just about to say that. <laughs> You're all excited for the quarry. Yes, I am. I'm so I'm I'm quietly nervous slash excited about that one. But no, I haven't played the Silent Hill games. But yeah, no, no of them and know how well they've liked. So, well, yeah. uh, another game uh, said to be in the works is a smaller episodic series of short stories that will all be within the Silent Hill franchise. Uh, it's said that this was in discussion to be developed by Supermassive Games, so mm. uh, the Quarry uh, developers mm. and, and developers of the well-known Until Dawn franchise, uh, but sounds like it's been eventually picked up by Annapurna Interactive, um, who are known for Sayonara Wild Hearts. Um, the third game is set to be a brand new game in the Silent Hill franchise, that is being developed by a Japanese studio, although it's not clear what the progress of this is. Um, oh. uh, VGC goes on to report that the screenshots that leaked last week didn't belong to any of these projects, but are instead linked to a PT-style teaser that is codenamed Sakura and is said to be a free title that builds hype for these larger projects. Mm. Um so I don't know what uh, what does everyone think? Do we reckon that um, that this is a, a legitimate leak? Have we got some new Silent Hill games in the works? Um, I mean, I uh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to chime in there. I think I think this is a legitimate leak. I um, I saw uh, somebody talking about the other day um, on everyone's most reliable news source YouTube um, <clears throat> uh, about uh, the composer for the series. Um, he actually put up a tweet a while back um, saying that, you know, the one that everyone's waiting for is coming or something like that. And, um, yeah, right. you know, so I think uh, he's kind of semi alluded to it already. And so that started that sort of little gravy train going for this anyway. And um, with all this stuff coming out, I, I feel like it's kind of inevitable, you know, when there's smoke, there's fire in a way. And I, I just, I feel like it's happening. It's coming. Mm. Do I want to play it? No, but it's happening. <laughs> I like well, that. Um, if the rumors are true, JB, I like that idea of releasing sort of like that. I don't know that demo thing to create a bit of hype. That's great. I think yeah, more, well, more developers I mean, should do something like that. Just you know, uh, will the Silent Hill games be uh, received as as fondly as they were in the past without 
Hideo Kojima at the helm, mm. I wonder. Did you play these games back in the day, JB? Oh, I might have played number one. I can't really remember. Um, again, I'm not super big on the survival horror genre. Um, that was ruined for me by Alien vs. Predator um, back in the day and uh, having the, the one-shot kills from the face huggers. Um, mm. So you, you, uh, I remember you, you're going through the, the ship it's it's all dark. You've got you you're the predator at this point in time, so you've got your different sort of heat vision and everything that you can switch on. And uh, you move into this room, and you see just a series of cages that are all broken open. Next thing, the face hugger just jumps and bloody it's like a jump scare. You you shit yourself, and then all of a sudden, the, you see the the face hugger's asshole you know, pressed against your face, and, and you're dead. You know, um, the, the, so, face, the face hugger doesn't sound that. Scary. Oh, it, it was <laughs> fucked. I, you know, I, it scared the living shit out of me. You so, still don't uh, get a good night's sleep. No, nah, no, nah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm uh, much like um, the rest of the DG crew on that one. I think. Um, but anyway, uh, could be, could be a good one for for Silent Hill fans out there. So, uh, alrighty then. Uh, well, coming up, we got um, we got a lot of lot of gaming news coming out. You know, uh, heading into the the North American summer. Um, so, round about sort of your your June July sort of period of time, and there's a lot of games that uh, you know could potentially be coming, or or games that we might be just hoping might uh, might make it out. And uh, we thought uh, maybe this uh, this this time we might uh, throw it open to the DG crew and see um, what uh, what big games are we predicting or hoping for to come out during the American summer. Take that, Mister Eyeballs. Uh, okay, sorry, that was uh, that was the wrong sound, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll uh, we'll go with it. Uh, thank you, Waluigi. Well, he's back. Uh, yeah, I I, I I haven't brought back the Waluigi Avengers theme. I got, oh. I got uh, told I overused that a bit last week, yes. so we might uh, not even we might rest that one a bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, what what are we thinking? <clears throat> Maybe we'll start uh, start with you, uh, C Mac. What um, what games are you predicting or hoping for during the the June July period. Um, I've got a few that I. It's more of a wish list. What I'm wanting, as always, the infamous one or two games remastered is always my want. But I don't know now that they've mentioned it on PlayStation Plus. Who knows if they're even going to bother now? Because why would they do that when they offering it on that service? So sad. Um, even just a new infamous game, maybe. Just a, Ooh. Yeah, the infamous. last year audience tonight is on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tell us more. Yeah. Tell us more. Tell us. Yeah. Well, that's that's it for that. Um, <laughs> no, and also I'm just and also Nintendo wise, when uh, Zelda Wind Waker as well. I'm hoping will come out or get announced. Simon thinks it will. What would you say? You think it will come out it's in, in a? Um, I'll tell you in a moment. It's Twilight a sure thing. I'm telling you, in a Simon. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah currently, it's Waker. happening. Wow. And um. Yeah, and more game like GameCube specific games as well, like your Wind Waker and your maybe Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Because yeah, Nintendo has has been sort of notorious for not 
re- they're releasing all the old games <laughs> on every other platform but GameCube. All they've done is Sunshine, haven't they? Paper Mario, oh, not Paper Mario. No, Super Mario oh, Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine is the only game that they've ever released. Full-size collection. From the, yeah, so I'm just hoping some more GameCube games because I'm yeah, very underrated console. I really enjoyed lots of the games from there. So that's what I'm, that's my hopes and dreams. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that'd be be good to see. Salt, shark and shiny. Be good to see some of those um, some of those old Zelda games get remastered. That they, they were brilliant. I'm uh, always up for that. And even like some of the 3DS Zelda games as well that, you know, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, they were excellent. They're incredible games on the 3DS and I would love to see them remastered into a Switch game similar to... Oh, I never know the name of it. That that Zelda game that got remastered on the Switch. Oh, Down. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Mm, yeah, because that was originally on the Game Boy. Yeah, Game Boy. Yeah, so I, I love seeing these sort of remasterings of, you know, handheld handheld devices as well. So yeah, any, anything like that, I'm cool with. But whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there we have it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Ferg. What are, what are your hopes and predictions for for the June July period? My hopes and dreams, JB, have been shattered with Starfield. So that was what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know, a few weeks ago. That's what Emotional I was. Emotional <laughs> damage. <laughs> uh, so Bethesda have have let me down there, but I'm f- forever the optimist, JB. So <clears throat> not so much a game, and obviously something that's going to happen in the American holiday series, but it's a bit of hardware, a bit of kit, which has been out in the wild for a while and just about everywhere in the world except for Australia. And what I'm hoping for is that the steam deck is, (laughs) is finally (laughs) announced that it's coming to Australia. So yes, well the steam deck, uh, I did actually have a look at this the other day and um, yeah, unfortunately there's, there's no announced, potential date of launch here in australia it's launched in the united states europe and the uk um and prices ranging from about uh, just over 300 dollars to about the 520 530 mark i think it'll be a bit more in australia it's probably more like 650 is what i'm reading with the conversion but yeah you're right it's available everywhere else and it's not meeting any kind of demand so the odds of it coming to Australia any time soon are very, very slim. But like I said, you can dream, JB. So hopefully there's some kind of r- rumor or whisper or something that it potentially can come. Give me give me the option of putting my name down on a list, something to get me excited about it. Because, yeah, the Steam Deck um, from everything and all reports that I've heard, it's you a know, pretty cool bit of kit. And I'd definitely be keen on getting one when it becomes available. But similar to like we've been talking you know, non-stop since we've started the podcast. Valve's ability to make these things as well as PlayStation making PlayStation, Sony making PlayStations rather. It's just, it's very hard in this climate. So I think we're going to have to wait a bit longer, but yeah, hopefully at some I'm point. Just having, I'm be... having a look at it now. That's just, a, it's a handheld yeah. device to yeah. play Steam games. Is that correct? That's yeah, it. Basically a handheld PC. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the yes. PC version of yes, a Switch, please. kind of. Mm. That's well, awesome. Yeah. Well, don't, don't lose heart uh, because uh, I've actually got a bit of a scoop, bit of a scoop here. The, uh, the, discerning, gamer, the discerning Gamer <laughs> podcast were actually 
personally invited to come and inspect uh, Valve's uh, warehouse here in Australia for where they plan to uh, distribute the Steam Deck. And uh, here's some audio from that facility uh, for you right now. <laughs> I didn't yeah. feel it was coming. <laughs> no, it's like, so funny. Laugh. Yeah, that's, that's good, JB. So I thought you were going to give us the old. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Mr. Eyeball. So uh, not uh, not much coming out of uh, Valve right now. Um, but you know, I I, I actually wonder. Uh, Nintendo are probably. Um, really benefiting from the COVID situation at the moment because I think if the Steam Deck was more readily available, it's a very fully featured, very specced out console, um, you know, highly portable just like the Nintendo Switch um, and yet it's got graphical capabilities that that uh, are right up there with like your, your next-gen consoles like your PS5, Xbox Series X, all of that sort of thing. you got ray tracing graphics you know it's it's amazing what what this thing's doing and um from all reports the steam deck is probably one of the most compatible with a range of different um pc games and everything um out of all of the the sort of handheld gaming pc uh, consoles coming to market because the steam deck's not not the only one available there are competitors to it but um the Steam Deck seems to be the most most compatible, so uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, lots of good reviews. I think the only criticism has been battery life, and you know, it's obviously a bit of a brick. But besides that, it's yeah, like you said, you can pretty much play everything, <clears throat> which is is oh, awesome. So it'd be ideal, uh, you know, something to to take on the go if you're the sort of person that has to travel for work or uh, you know that sort of thing. Like it's yeah. something you can just throw in your you carry on luggage and you know smash out a bit of gaming on a plane or at an yeah, airport or whatever to, commuting to work and yeah um unlike me trying to set up my laptop tethered to my phone trying to do ps remote play from uh, <laughs> from uh, some some random location and not uh, not getting very far with it but yeah i think the um the steam deck once it launches proper i think it's going to be going to be a pretty, pretty significant game changer in that market. Yeah, mm. for sure. So mm. I'm just... Obviously, it's not coming anytime soon, but my wish is that at least Valve acknowledges Australia that we exist and they're thinking about <laughs> sending it here one day, maybe. Are they accepting <laughs> pre-orders? No, not here in Australia, I don't think. <clears throat> well, uh, you heard it here from the Prince of Pre-orders himself. Uh no pre-orders being accepted <laughs> for Australians who wish to obtain the Steam Deck. Um, it's pretty uh, pretty unfortunate. I don't know why I played the red hot uh, sound effect because that's uh, that's pretty disappointing, uh, actually. You need, so. to <laughs> you need to get a sound bite of uh, Wario saying, oh, I missed from Mario Party. But that's, you know, don't... Uh, I, I, could, the list. I could just isolate you saying that, Simon, and uh, just yeah. yeah, use that going forward. Why not? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks very much, Ferg. That was uh, that was excellent. I'm also looking forward to that, uh, Simon. What, what have you got uh, in the way of? Um, Gaming uh, predictions or, or wish lists, uh, etc. What, what are you What are you hanging out for, mate? This is Simon's favourite thing in the world to talk about. I tell you, hey, what. ladies, listen. 
gentlemen, gentlemen of the ladies, ladies of the boys. Just keeping all the times on. Don't you be like that. Uh, you get out of my business. So get out your, <laughs> get out your crystal balls. Get out every, everything that you've got, that uh, your tarot cards and everything. Um, <clears throat> are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So here's, here's, okay. We've had, there's been a lot of rumours, right, <laughs> that have been circulating um emanating in cyberspace uh you could say through the mouths of very unreliable sources that have been basically germinating for a couple of years now and i mean this spans a little bit from them but it's also a little bit about what i actually think could actually happen so um look we have been rumored for a while that the team behind super mario odyssey is working on a new Donkey Kong title, whether it be 2D or 3D, fingers crossed, um, you know, that it's a 3D title because I, I tell you what, I, as much as I love Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, my favourite 2D platformer, um, I'd say to myself, I'd really love to see Donkey Kong in a 3D um, world once again, have another shot at it, you know, that isn't Donkey Kong 64. I think, um, I think we might see a little trailer for a new Donkey Kong. Um, just telling you, just telling you right now, might happen. I think that there is going to be that Zelda collection that we were talking about. There has been some news this week where Tantalus, who actually brought uh, Twilight Princess HD, Wind Waker HD, and Skyward Sword HD to the Switch, they came out and said that you know this isn't happening. That Twilight Princess is not coming to the Switch. Um, but in all honesty they never need to be told that it's actually going to come to the switch or not. It might just end up coming to the switch, you know? So, well, there you um, go. Take that Mr. Eyeballs. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, so <laughs> I, I still firmly believe that one of those games will come, if not both of them in a collection. I just feel like everything else has been ported from the Wii U. It would be amazing to have all the 3D Zelda titles uh, on the switch. That would just absolutely kick the dick, you know? Um, but uh <laughs> Look, I think we're also going to see another Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. Even though it's it's been delayed to next year, I think we're going to just see even just a minuscule little tickle of what's to come. Um, look, I'd love to see a new 3D Mario title. Uh, it's been a little while now. You know, um, we, we obviously got that great DLC with uh, Bowser's Fury. That was just so cool very original way to bring mario into a 3d space with the same mechanics that were involved with um 3d world i thought it was a lot of fun but i'd love to see an actual 3d mario game come out whether or not it's an odyssey 2 or something i I don't mind i just want i want some more 3d mario um i i do believe that we'll see the next wave (laughs) i think we'll see the next wave of mario kart dlc tracks I okay. think this is going to be announced um, in June. That's, that's got to see... happen, surely. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it will. It's, sure. it's, I feel like that's a that's a given. Um, we're going to have to see at least one of the packs and maybe even a little tease for the next one. Um, and that pack, I think, will be like When's available the next one in June. June? To come out? It's not been said yet. Isn't it three, every three months they're bringing out? I don't. I don't think there's a very concrete like oh, every okay, three months right. on it. But um, yeah, it's uh, something that. Um, we're definitely going to see something of look there's been a lot of news in the rumor mill about a metroid prime remake uh coming out before we actually get Metroid prime 4 so <laughs> i um 
I firmly believe that we will actually see like at least a little teaser of that. Um, I'd love to pick that up and, and, and play a remake of that game because I think that uh, a lot of people praise it a lot. You know, great first-person shooter in the style of Metroid. I think that's really cool. I love Metroid Dread, so pumping it. Um, Metroid, uh, sorry, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, I think will turn up at some point. Arr. We're going to see a little bit more gameplay from that. Yeah, the thwomps in it. Um, <laughs> look, uh, one about a game that I feel like is not showing enough new stuff, Splatoon 3. Um, this this game is worrying me. It looks, so I love Splatoon, but I mean, there's not a lot of new stuff. So um, that's there's coming to the new game. There's a new Salmon Run mode that's uh, kind of been upgraded a little bit. Um, obviously, there's going to be a couple of new maps, but and a new campaign. But I'd love to see maybe just like a new innovative game mode as well. Something something new as far as a game mode is concerned. Um, that's that's kind of discussed. And look, um, this has been rumoured for a long time as well, to the point where I don't even know if it exists, but a, a Paper Mario 64 remaster, I'd froth over that so hard. I think this is the way that they can actually see where the audience sits with Paper Mario, whether or not they stick with this kind of crappy thing they're doing with Paper Mario every single game and just changing every game to the point where it's completely unrecognisable or they go back to the original formula that made it so incredibly wonderful. Take a breath. Peace well, uh, Simon, uh, I've actually I've actually got a little treat for you and the listeners of the uh, Discerning Gamer podcast. Uh, we, uh, we actually uh, were invited personally to uh, the studios of uh, Nintendo of America to uh, talk to the development team for Splatoon 3 and uh, get an update on the the latest (laughs) stuff that they're working on. And uh, I'll cross live to that audio right now. Okay. <laughs> right they're actually now. there right now. That's it. Which you know they're yeah. at the same they're at the same um time as us, Joel. So that's actually not unbelievable because it's actually night time over in um oh wait no that's Japan. Sorry, you said America. Um, it's being yeah. developed in Japan, Joel. No facts. Uh, anyway, so peace. <laughs> Emotional <laughs> damage. Yeah, thanks, uh, Simon. <laughs> I love you. Uh, PS Five. Um, so look. God of War Ragnarok. We're going to get a trailer for that, surely. Um, I'm chomping at the bit for that game. There's just you're not um, leaving much for the other guys. Hey, lick it and spit it. Everyone can have their own uh, opinions on that. Um, look, a new infamous game like Casey. I'd love to see that. Um, love Sucker Punch. One of my favourite studios under the PlayStation Studios banner. I think they're just wildly good at everything that they do. Um, yeah. Even the games that don't aren't so good, like Infamous Second Son, still really good game, you know. And uh, <laughs> even though the, the DLC for that game, Infamous First Light, was better than the standalone game, it, you know, whatever. It was they're still a really good studio, and I think they're great at that kind of stuff. There, I'd, I'd love to see a little bit more of Marvel's Wolverine. Um, do you guys remember that getting announced about a yeah. year ago now? Yeah. Do, do you remember? That? Yep. Yeah, that, baby. That game, I'm, I'm, I'm so licking it for that game. You know, it looks <laughs> really cool. That's um, being developed by Insomniac, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, you're not mistaken at all, at all. Yeah, no, it, and it is. It looks really good. Yeah, it looked amazing, um, actually. I'm really hyped to see a little bit of that because I think that it will just be a good separation for the people that maybe thought 
like myself, that Spider-Man was just a little bit meh and want something a little bit more for anyway. Um, great words from my mouth. Uh, Sonic Frontiers, I think we're going to see a bit of Sonic Frontiers in there. You know, that's a given. Um, th- this game's meant to be coming out this year. If they don't show some gameplay in the next, you know, two to three weeks, um, I'm pretty much just going to pissed up a wall because I just don't, it's, it might as well not be a game at this point. They've shown us about two to three seconds of some alpha footage. That's nothing like, come on. Anyway, mm. Sonic team, get your shit together. Um, so Race Suicide on, Squad bitch. killed the Justice League as well. Um, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I think that's going to pop up as well. We're going to see a little bit more gameplay footage for this game. That game looks wild um, from Rocksteady guys that brought us all those fantastic Batman Arkham games. Um, And then, you know, I'd really like to hear a little bit about this open world Star Wars game from Ubisoft that's been rumoured, but um, that's not meant to be coming for a while. But, hey, I'd love to see at least a trailer for it or something that's kind of shows what what the original story behind it might be. Um, I, I mean, I don't have many high hopes for it because it is a Ubisoft game, but whatever, you know, I'm open to suggestions and I'm mm. open to new things. It, it might not be as bad as every other Assassin's Creed game past Assassin's Creed 2, so whatever, you know? So Emotional <laughs> damage! <laughs> well, there's a bit of shade uh, thrown from... Yeah, uh, that's what I'm looking That's my prediction. From what I'm looking Sim forward Dog. to. Um, I told the Yeah, that's a great <laughs> list there, Simo. Just, just quickly, maybe just by the way of yes and no. We very first game, a very first game, very first podcast. I think we did. We all talked about our most anticipated games of the year, and as mentioned tonight, Starfield it's not coming. Mm-hmm. Other week we mentioned Breath of the Wild Two. It's not coming out yeah. this year, so that leaves. God of War, which was your most anticipated game, Joel. And I think from memory, Simon, yours was Sonic Frontiers. Yep, yep, So yep. what do we reckon? Are either of those two games going to come out this year? A I've, yes or a no, Joel, what do you reckon? I've we haven't got, seen gameplay or anything of either of those games. Today. Yeah. I've, I've actually still got high hopes for God of War Ragnarok this year. I think um, Santa Monica have been working on it presumably since... 2018 roughly when when the last God of War game came out so they've had you know uh, you know good good length of time to work on it um obviously the wild card uh, just is is covid still you know and, and delays based on that so uh, I don't know I'm I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that it does still come but um yeah I I, I really don't know what do you guys reckon, Simon and Casey? <clears throat> I, you know, I, I'm with Joel. I think that there's this kind of, I, I really hope it does come this year, um, mainly because, I mean, I, I don't think Sonic will. I mean, you know what? Actually, I, no, I do think Sonic will because I reckon Sonic all of the re- games won't except for Sonic. I reckon <laughs> Sonic will be the one that comes out no, this year. Yeah, exactly. I think just, yeah, that's such a good point. I think Sonic will come out this year because, um, because Sonic Team were a bunch of idiots and they're just going to release a game. Well, Sega and Sammy are a bunch of idiots and they're going to release a game anyway just because they want to make the money off it. And it's, it's going to be a piece Joel, of Joel, that's where you've got to do emotional damage. That's that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, well, you heard it here first. Emotional damage. There's, there's one or two things happening over at Santa Monica, isn't it? They're either doing cartwheels knowing that they don't have to worry about competing against Starfield and some games like that or they're 
in the same boat going, oh, sweet, we don't, mm. we will just take our time as well. But yeah, we'll see. I hope yeah. for, um, yeah, PlayStation fans that that game comes out and hopefully for Sonic fans that game comes out too and it's better than you're predicting, Simon. Yes. So, yeah. well, um, I mean, as far as my predictions go, um, uh, I think late 2020 there was an announcement that a sequel was in the works for a title released on the Nintendo 64 back in 2000 uh, called Perfect Dark. Now, yes. um, now did, I don't know if, if any of you guys played Perfect Dark, but it, it was sort of like a spiritual successor to GoldenEye um, and in fact shared a lot of the same uh, multiplayer levels as GoldenEye did, but um, I actually really loved that game. Like, um, yeah. And they threw a whole bunch of things into the mix in the multiplayer mode that made it uh, uh, made it absolutely impossible to lose at. Like there was a there was a rail gun that they they implemented in multiplayer mode that allowed it was essentially a sniper rifle that could zoom through walls and lock onto a target so you couldn't miss. And as soon as you got that gun, you were you were just invincible. God, yeah. Um, and yeah, like the player could be on the other side of the map and you just hold down the aim button, the target would zoom through the walls, lock onto them, bang, one shot kill. Um, and for some reason that was that was really fun. Um, yeah, and, and certainly the, the people getting sniped at it was was all, you know, them working in unison to try and get to you and, and you know, shoot you before you could uh, you know, snipe everyone, but um was a really really good game the main protagonist was a was a woman so um very much uh, had that sort of tomb raider vibe to it and um yeah so they're they're doing a they're doing a, a sequel um it's been a been a long time coming there's been some development issues uh, reportedly for the project but uh you know i think um if they can do it right i reckon they might have a, a real winner on their hands there Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Also, there's news of an expansion, uh, so some DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. So um, I know uh, previously that there hadn't been a lot of love for, for Cyberpunk around the uh, DG crew, but um, I think um, an expansion, as long as it's not... Uh, released in the same state as the original game uh, could actually be really good i mean it's quite a it's quite a a unique sort of universe to sort of move around in and um and all of that and i reckon um that could that could really be a big big plus for cd project red if they manage to uh, release it to a to a, a much uh, happier crowd than what they did uh, cyberpunk mm-hmm and just on um, Cyberpunk, um, a team of uh, YouTubers developed a tech demo recently where they cut together a reel um, featuring assets from a multitude of artists to create a version of Night City using Unreal Engine 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a look at the video. It only goes for like 17 seconds or so, uh, but it's, it's sort of... Um, uh, marketed as a, oh, this is this is what CD Projekt Red were originally envisaging with with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Had they got it right, 
And uh, when it's all rendered in Unreal Engine 5, it just looks amazing. So um, it, it's one of those things then, you know, it just makes the, the thought of, of the new Witcher title that's going to be uh, developed in Unreal Engine 5 um, that much more exciting in my opinion. Um, I think it's going to be... It's going to be an amazing game. I'm, I'm sure that CG, CD Projekt Red have learnt from their mistakes uh, last time and I reckon that um, this is going to be amazing. A winner. Yeah, for sure. Unreal Engine 5. I saw that trailer as well, JB. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. I'm struggling with it with the fact is I can't really determine what's real and what's not is how amazing it's yeah. looking. So... Yeah, yeah. There's like a dude sort of break dancing with these yeah, yeah. light up shoes off to one side. There's cars that are sort of taking off and flying off, you know, um, into the sky. And then ultimately, as you sort of look around, there's there's all the neon signs and and all the the visuals that you sort of get from Night City, you know, everywhere. And it's quite uh, it looks looks amazing. I'd, I'd encourage. Uh, anyone and everyone to to check it out. So that's uh, from YouTuber and developer Enfant Terrible. So uh, yeah, have a look. Check it out. And so, uh, without further ado, that's all we've got time for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. Um, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we are the Discerning Gamer on Facebook, uh, Discerning Gamer podcast on uh, Instagram. Discerning Pod on Twitter, and we also you can send us a good old fashioned email. Get uh, old the uh, at Discerning Gamer Podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com dot au. And I'd like to thank the DG crew for coming along with me on this this crazy ride this week. I'd like to thank uh, C Mac Casey C Mac McLaughlin. Thank you for being with us, Casey. No, thank you very much. <laughs> And uh, also, I'd like to thank Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you, Joel. Thank you for licking the chomp with us tonight with your lovely chips. You're welcome, brother. And uh, last but not least, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Uh, thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. Take that, Mr. Eyeballs. <laughs> and we will see you next week. See, see ya. ya. Bye.